Hello, everyone. Welcome to Into the Night's first podcast. We will be discussing questions that we have come up with reading the first 23 pages of this book. The first question that I've come up with was, in the beginning of the book, the Hungarian police came into town and end up separating the town into two different parts, one being the small ghetto and the other being the large ghetto. And they all lived in peace, perfectly fine. And then one day, the Hungarian police decided to start moving them to a secret location. Why do you think the Hungarian police would let them be perfectly fine and then out of nowhere start moving people? Um, well, I think probably just because um, obviously it was pretty clear that the war like kind of escalated very quickly because they were like they didn't even know anything was going on and then all of a sudden they started to come in and like split the town into these ghettos and so I think it just kind of had to do with how fast the war was escalating and it kind of like at first it seemed like it wasn't as bad and then it just started to get worse really quickly and no one really expected it. Um, actually, I was thinking they left them perfectly fine in the ghettos to gain the trust from, to gain trust from the Jews, and then they, so it'd be easier to start rounding them up into their new location. Oh yeah, that's a good point. It kind of seems like there was a conflict, um, so that's why, like, the Hungarian police decided to move the ghettos to a new area yeah i i kind of was agreeing with cameron on this i think that maybe it was to gain their trust and uh, eventually you start moving them to wherever location you're taking them and just to gain their trust so that they think you'll be fine with them yeah um yeah i totally i think that makes a little more sense. I agree with that. Okay, do you want me to ask one of my questions now? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, my question that kind of goes along with what you're just talking about was, do you think that the Jews were smart to be so optimistic at first? When all of this was like going on, they seemed to be very optimistic. So do you think it was smart or do you think they should have started to be a little more like realistic and realize that something bad was probably going to happen? I think, yeah, I think they should have been more weary at first instead of keeping their hopes high from the Hungarian police. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Um, it's kind of it's kind of weird though. Uh, like it, it's good to stay optimistic, um, just so it's like uh, you're not entirely depressed about what's going on around you. Um, as long as you're happy, you can live a good life. Yeah, I kind of agree with Harley. Like it can kind of go both ways because sometimes it's good to be optimistic. But sometimes you're overly optimistic, then it like kind of catches you off guard when bad things start to happen and then you're not prepared. 
Yeah, exactly. That that was what I was gonna say. It it's a lot of like it's good to be optimistic because just for your mental sake, but then you also have to be real with yourself and understand what's going on in the world. Yeah. As long as you understand like what's going on in the world and you are optimistic about everything, that's it's a really good mental state and um, can bring much fortune. Yeah, it's definitely good to have a good balance between both. So you're not like totally depressed about it, but also not like thinking everything's going to be perfect when it's clear. Cameron, what about one of your questions? Oh, okay. Um, one of my questions were, uh, how did Mo- Moish, Moish, the Beatles' attitude and outlook on life compare and contrast in the opening of the book to how he is at the end of chapter one? Well, I kind of think that he, um, he was a lot more happy in the beginning it it was kind of uh his feelings kind of changed throughout the chapter and then once he got taken away he escaped and then came back to tell that Hungarian police were coming and started invading the neighborhood and taking over yeah I definitely think he changed from being very joyful and positive to kind of not having any joy anymore like on page seven, it says that the eyes were, were gone. Um, and yeah, I think it basically that happened because he came back after having that terrible experience and he was telling about his experience, but no one was believing him or listening to him. And so he kind of felt helpless, like he was trying to warn them so that the same thing wouldn't happen, but they wouldn't listen and they didn't believe him. So he kind of just felt like no one was listening to him. Yeah, and adding on to that, it's especially like when there's a huge problem and no one's listening to you, you really do feel like you're absolutely nothing. Yeah. And once you do feel that, it's it's a huge demotivator and uh, it's a huge downfall on your mental health. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with all of you. He didn't, at the beginning of the book, he was very optimistic and at the end he felt like no one he had nobody to run to when he wanted to express his voice yeah Harley what about one of your questions um all right so at in the beginning of the book why do you think moish Right? The beetle uh, was so shy, and why do you think he rendered himself as invisible? Do you want me to, uh, like, answer it first, or? Yeah, go ahead if you want to. Um, so in the book, or at the beginning of the book, um, where was it? Sorry, I'm just trying to find the right page. So, 
In the book, it says, as a rule, our townspeople, while they did not help the needy, while they did did help the needy, sorry, they did not particularly like them. Um, but Moist Beetle was the exception. So there's something that the needy kind of does in general to make townspeople not favor them or like them as much. But since Moist the Beetle was kind of shy and he, he wasn't like, he wasn't a conflict or he wasn't problematic in um, normals people's everyday lives, it was just kind of, um, he was the exception and he wasn't like everyone else. Yeah. So he couldn't, he may not have been very confident with himself. Uh, when you're not like everyone else, you you usually fit into a group, um, and in that group, everyone is has a lot of similarities. But when you go into a new group and you don't know them and you don't know the similarities, you're often shy and not as um, upright as you are with a group of friends. Yeah, I agree with that. I think even though, like, a lot of people didn't really mind him they didn't really have a problem with him because he didn't cause any trouble he kind of still felt like he didn't really belong because he was kind of just like different from everyone yeah I think yeah that's why someone would render themselves invisible if you feel like you don't belong with them and that's why you'd be so shy also but it was nice that he was the exception and they did sort of care for him yeah yeah maybe that's why people didn't listen to him when he tried to speak because they liked him when he was shy and stayed out of people's way yeah that's true that is a good point yeah that could have been why well yeah and they're kind of not used to him saying much and so then all of a sudden he has all these things to say and they're kind of like how do we know to believe you because we haven't really heard anything like this from you before yeah, it's kind of like the opposite of the boy who cried wolf. Yeah. He kind of didn't say anything, and then he ends up talking a whole lot. Yeah, and then everyone doesn't want to listen. Yeah. Now I will ask another one of my questions that I had. So towards the end of this chapter, the Hungarian police rounded up the Jews and took small groups and transported them somewhere. Where do you think the Hungarian police is taking all these Jews? Um, Well, I think that from what I know about what happened during this time, I think they're probably taking them to some kind of concentration camp or some kind of work camp somewhere. Yeah, I think either it's to a concentration camp or another... Like or maybe another small yeah. place to force them to work. Yeah. Yeah, they might put them to work or transport them into maybe one of their bigger cities where they can yeah. work instead of a concentration camp. Yeah. what do you think what do you think they're taking them i i 
I already said, I don't know if you guys heard me, but I completely agree with you guys. It might have cut out, but um, I completely agree with you guys. And like, they might be taking them to a concentration camp or a larger town to where they can um, work for um, the better benefit of the town. Uh, yeah. There's not really entirely um, a way to see exactly where they're, they're going. But yeah. those are like the primary um, options. Yeah. Okay, and then Cameron, you had a question similar to that. So did you want to ask that now? Oh, yeah. Um, what do you predict will happen once the Jews arrive at wherever the Hungarian police are taking them? So I think if they do end up taking them to a concentration camp, then we, I'm pretty sure we all know what happens there. Um, but if they do take them to a bigger city or to somewhere in Germany, maybe, um, and put them to work and help them try and win the war, I think that is a possibility also. Yeah, and I, I definitely think that wherever they're going to go, the conditions won't be as good as they were when they were in the ghettos, I'm sure it'll definitely get a lot worse for them. Yeah, I can agree with that. Once they start, uh, if they go to a larger city, um, they will most probably be used um, instead of something like an actual job. They'll they'll be kind of like slaves uh, to the big city. Um, it's mostly for the big city's improvement and the better of the big city. Um, but if it is the concentration camp, then um, we all know what happens there. Yeah. Okay. Um, my other question that I had was that um, on page 17 in paragraph to um, Ellie talks about um, he talks about how the scene of, appears to be a page torn from a book when they're all like getting taken away to these different places and so what do you think he means by this? I think he means um, it's like a page being torn from a book is because or what I think he means by that is um it's so unreal, like you only see it in books. Um, may it be a fiction book or a true story book. Um, it's, it's nothing that happens to normal people that we know of. Um, something like um, a war. A lot, uh, a lot of people know people in the military, but it's nothing like how some books would describe certain wars. Um, some wars may be uh, very extensive and uh, very hard to fight. Other wars may be very short and very easy to fight. Um, and as of now, it's kind of, we're a huge country. And so if you hear about that or if you're in that position, it really is unreal and it's 
so it feels like it's it's not real and it's like a dream yeah i yeah i agree with that i think he just means it's something that is just it just doesn't seem like it could be really happening to real people it just seems like something that happens in the movie it doesn't like when it happens to you it doesn't feel like it is really happening it feels like how can this actually happen to a person i thought this was only something that like people make up to scare people yeah and i think another thing is that in books you're not really able to control a story and it says that in the beginning of that same paragraph he was just sitting right on the sidewalk watching them all walk past them and everyone's all hunched over everyone just looks so helpless and in that situation you kind of feel helpless you can't really do anything about it yeah watching them all file walk past you and so I think that is another analogy that could be from a book yeah definitely like they all just kind of feel like there's nothing they can do without getting killed themselves like because they obviously don't want to like risk the safety of everyone up there so they can't really do much about it exactly Okay, and then Cameron had to leave because she was having troubles hearing things. Cameron, are you able to hear us now? Oh, yeah, I can hear you guys now. Oh, okay. Okay. So, right. Lee, what do you think about that last question? Um, or your last question. Oh, my last question? Um, why do you think Mo- Moish was so sad and didn't do any of the regular things that he did? Um, in the book, it mentions that he no longer sang or no longer men- mentioned either God or Kabbalah. Um, I think because of how he was feeling um, when no one was listening to him and he felt helpless, I think that it kind of got to his head and um, he stopped doing all the regular things that he normally does when he's happy or um, when he's just living his normal everyday life, uh, it, he, he's in the realization stage of what is going on around him. And it's, he's more shocked over everything, um, about what's happening, uh, to him and the people around him to really be, uh, happy or be able to live his normal life. Yeah, he kind of just feels like at this point, he's realizing how terrible everything is around him. And so he kind of just doesn't even feel like doing the normal things he would because it's like, he almost feels like there's no point because he's just so sure that like, his life is kind of ruined right now because everything going around is just like, super weird and like, scary for everyone. Yeah, I think that he he just feels defeated, really. Yeah. And when you get captured and you you somehow escape but you're wounded and then people don't believe in what you're telling them you're telling them that something bad something bad is coming and they don't believe you then I think that just takes a lot out of a person it, yeah it also kind of makes it feel like it's their fault because it's like they weren't able to save them in time even though they knew what was going to happen so they kind of just feel helpless and defeated like you said and like there's nothing they can do now because it's too late. Yeah. 
I agree. And for Moish especially, because he had to witness their deaths firsthand when he got captured and to run back home for to um, voice what happened. It's just, yeah, how do you come back from that? Yeah, it's hard to return to normal after witnessing something so traumatic. Yeah, I definitely understand like why why he would be feeling that way. Yeah. Why he wouldn't why he wouldn't really believe in God anymore after that because Yeah, it kind of causes you to lose your faith after that. Yeah. So, I think that wraps up our first podcast. Um thank you for listening and we'll see you next time on Into the Night.